Welcome to the Blood and Hunter Matchday Preview Podcast. My name is Tom Savage. Thank you very much for joining me here, and I hope you've had a good week. We have a big game coming up this Saturday. Leinster versus Munster in the Aviva Stadium, a URC semi-final. Munster are back at that level again after, I think it was a year uh, or so, out of that uh, layer of the competition, but it's a very familiar place. Leinster in Dublin in a knockout game in a league final or semi-final. Seems like we've been doing that repeatedly over the last number of years and worse, repeating the result over and over again. Before I get into that, I want to tell you about NTES. Uh, Since 1999, NTES have been the preferred outsourced IT partner of some of Ireland's best-known companies, along with a range of equally well-known international clients. Offering first-class technical support from highly skilled network engineers, they are a cost-effective and flexible alternative to the traditional IT department. Check out NTES.com. Thank you very much to them for supporting me here on TRK. Thanks to you for supporting me on TRK also. Really couldn't do it without you. Uh, If you want to stock up, by the way, on TRK merch, I'm having an end of season sale. I'm clearing out everything on my Etsy store. Uh, If you go to Etsy and enter in Cult Corner, all capitals, no spaces, um, you'll get a 30% discount. Uh, So go and do that. If you're interested in some TRK merch, it applies to absolutely everything. So yeah, back to the game at hand. And um, yeah, look, there's no two ways about it. Munster's record against Leinster in general has been really poor and no more so when it comes to knockout games in the league. Um, It has been the end destination for a variety of Munster teams under, well, under, under more or less the same coaches, but with a few different ideas as to how we were going to get that, you know, past that stage, kind of thrown into dust uh, on the way. And, you know, I, I think that in the first year of a big rebuild to get right back to that stage again is a good thing. At the same time, it kind of sets up a, a kind of really big nexus moment for this coaching team where if they can win this game, look, the momentum will be colossal. You know, to get that Leinster monkey off the back um, at the first time of asking in a knockout game would be colossal for Munster, for the fans, for the players, for the coaches. To lose, you know, wouldn't be the end of the world. It would feel like a, a flat note, obviously, at the end of the season. But especially considering Leinster's selection, I think it would, you know, add a, add a few sour notes to what I think in general has actually been a fairly enjoyable season, up and down. But, you know, you look at the, the run-in over the last couple of, you know, games on the road, I think that's, again, very creditable. And I think that that gives you a lot of credit in the bank heading into next season. But, again it's the tantalizing opportunity it's the hope that kills you that's what gets you in the end especially with Munster and I think looking at the the way that this is broken down from a, a selection perspective from a you know from 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 Leinster is really interesting in the first place but it, it does kind of add a tantalizing um glimpse of a final for Munster now obviously beating Leinster isn't the be all and end all you've got to go to a final and win it obviously but getting to the final in the first place and beating Leinster in the Aviva even if it's a rotated Leinster team, has a value. Uh, but they have rotated. I think that that is for sure. Uh, you look at their back three, Jimmy O'Brien, Tommy O'Brien, and Dave Kearney. Guys who are missing from here, Jordan Larmore, James Lowe, Hugo Keenan. No escaping those names not being there. In midfield, they have Robbie Henshaw and Charles Natai. Now, we've played against varying degrees of Leinster over the last couple of years where they've rotated a few big guys in, they've kept a few guys on the bench, uh, and one of the, the constants, I think, is a, is a relatively strong midfield, except for 
the last time he played them um, in the Aviva last season, which was uh, that disastrous, just shit heap of a game uh, where we were beaten 35-25, I think it was, uh, by a really ridiculously rotated Leinster team, which is more or less the same level of rotation this time. There's a few more guys sprinkled in. Um, but, like, you look at Robbie Henshaw and Charles Natai, they're the two guys who stand out immediately as being, oh, shit, well, these guys really are first choice. Could easily start that Heineken Cup final coming up uh, in the, the next week. And um, I suppose that's the, the the elephant in the room, really, isn't it? That Champions Cup final against La Rochelle now La Rochelle have also rotated they've rotated a few guys out too they've got uh, Robbie Henshaw in here do Leinster and like I think ideally from a Leinster perspective he'll be the guy starting at 12 um, next week against La Rochelle they've not selected Gary Ringrose for this not a big surprise you know again he's a guy who they can't afford to lose if you're Robbie Henshaw here um, I think from a Munster perspective you want to make him start worrying about that Heineken Cup final very early so you want to try and not take him out of the game but you know make him start thinking more about next week than this week if that makes sense Charles Natai had a great game back against Toulouse um, came in and just did not look a hair out of place um, you know didn't look like he'd lost a step at all like, but again he's a very good player like there was a, this idea last year that this guy was coming in cheap that he was you know cheap and cheerful coming in from the top 14 like he's one of Leon's best players he's been one of the best players in the top 14 over the last number of years Leinster brought him in specifically because he gave them top class depth in a situation where they were you know going to be without Robbie Henshaw and Gary Ringrose for most of the season you know obviously they would you know like to have them back towards the end but it's always a possibility that there'll be injuries so Charles Natai is a, just an outstanding guy to have from a depth perspective they don't really lose much there with that midfield pairing defensively offensively they're very very solid and um, we'll have a fair bit of work getting around that aspect of it defensively in particular they're going to be a big big factor for Leinster um, a halfback Harry Byrne and Luke McGrath who captains the side no Gibson Park no Ross Byrne obviously Johnny Sexton is injured as well on the bench they have uh, Nick McCarthy Kieran Frawley and Liam Turner now you look at Frawley and Liam Turner they can give you the possibility of replacing Henshaw and Natai depending on how the game is going if they're losing by quite a bit or if they're winning by quite a bit I think you'll see both Natai and Henshaw off the field relatively quickly um, but you know again look that, that's a fairly impressive looking outside backline. none of those players are bad players we're just talking about relatively speaking to the guys who they're stepping in for are they as good I mean probably not but that doesn't mean that they are not good enough to win this game they're more than good enough to win this game that's going to be the big question mark for, for Munster that outside back line is going to be very very effective for them uh, especially on the set piece where they're consistently dangerous so you know from a Munster perspective we've got to watch that uh, in the forwards and I, I suppose to, to kind of settle back on Harry Byrne a little bit like he is a good player um, I think a lot of the hype that, that was kind of put on him early it didn't suit him uh, because I think people wanted him to be further along developmentally wise than he, than he than he was at the time and I think maybe that he still is he's capable of having big moments in the game he's obviously played a little bit of 12 as well over the last number of, of months he's a big guy he's a 6'2 I think it is he's a physical runner um, he is I suppose the one weakness I think he would have in his game is that there's a bit of his inconsistency in his passing uh, he's capable of throwing a few dead ducks he wouldn't be as accurate, I would say, as as Ross Byrne when it comes to running the schemes and his kicking game. 
it fluctuates so he's capable of outstanding like like 50-22s or you know really good kicks downfield but again the biggest issue with Harry I think is inconsistency in his action you could go the same for Luke McGrath good defender um, a really solid guy to have around but I think that you know Gibson Park is a guy who overtook Luke McGrath as the top guy for, for Leinster because of what he brings them from an offensive perspective Luke McGrath doesn't have the same type of game as Gibson Park he's a really dangerous guy beyond the ruck like once Leinster make a break Luke McGrath runs really good support lines um, but I think when it comes to pass quality I think we can look to attack that aspect of Leinster's game when they're on ball and especially if they've got into settled phase play get at Luke McGrath you can reduce the quality that comes to Harry Byrne and if you can do that you can pressure him into making a mistake we can work with that in the pack they've got Michael Milne they've got Ronan Kelleher and Michael Alatoa in the front row Ryan Baird and Jason Jenkins in the second row with Max Deegan Will Connors and Jack Conan running out the back row on the bench they have John McKee Keen Healy Thomas Clarkson Joe McCarthy and Josh van der Fleer so look again that's a that's a, a strong Leinster side not anywhere near as strong as they can go biggest name missing here is, is Andrew Porter obviously he's a guy who has this season I think featured against Munster twice if you go back to Tolman Park he played the entire 80 minutes as did Dan Sheehan um, with Michael Millen on the bench actually they didn't want to risk Michael Millen on the field, on the field at all for, for those games um, or for that game just because they understood the importance of beating Munster in Tolman Park now we only lost that game by a point could have won it if the conversion had gone over from Joey Carberry obviously there was a lot more you know could have happened as well but if you go back and watch the last 10 minutes of that game as I had the misfortune to do this week uh, you'll see Leinster basically owning the ball uh, for the last 10 minutes and we really struggled to get that ball back and uh, they saw they saw the last 5 minutes really with possession we couldn't get, get it back off them and we were again just sort of iced out of the game like I thought we played better in the game in the Aviva to be honest we got more of a purchase on Leinster structures we hurt them more offensively but again like over the last number of, of games that we've played against Leinster we've lost them for the same general reasons and I think that there's no one way that you can beat Leinster like I used to think before and this was back in the you know 2017 2018 2019 that they were particularly um weak when it came to you know kick pressure especially when it came to short contestables and that post transition phase they've really changed up that area that like that area of their game from a like they've night and day better okay so like when you look at the i suppose the the, the capacity for a monster to to beat them what is required has changed completely there are a few things we know that are standard when it comes to beating leinster like when leinster lose they tend to have a ruck completion rate of under 95%. Their ruck completion speed is over three seconds for the most part, but their lineout is also affected most of the time when they lose. They don't lose often, okay? And like especially a first-class Leinster team don't lose that often. So there's not that much. You're kind of picking and choosing from different games where they might have had a bad half or they might have had a bad quarter and trying to figure out, well, what was the cause of that? How did they lose those? So I went back this week and I looked last year at their game against the Bulls. They lost that game in, in part because their lineup fell apart. The Bulls did a really good job of contesting. And Leinster didn't really have a whole... They didn't have much you know, else to go without that at that point. Now, I think here Leinster are most dangerous in the two or three phases post-transition. 
and in the two or three phases post the set piece so after the scrum or line out if you can take them into that space afterwards especially with um, Harry Byrne and Luke McGrath there are opportunities there where you can start to pick them off defensively typically they're quite smart when it comes to that they will kick quite often in those positions so they're rarely cut out when they do kick to us and I suppose this is where the game breaks down are they going to take an off ball perspective on this game where typically they've been very comfortable in hitting us off the set piece and again just relying on individual mistakes which we always seem to produce against them um, and again like there, there are good players making these mistakes but you have to look at the mindset of, of how Munster approached these games last year Munster came in mentally and emotionally exhausted and were not able to meet a, a very well motivated Leinster team who again you look at the at the names on that team you know from from this day 12 months ago more or less and again there's not a whole lot of fellas there who've been massive features for Leinster since but like Munster's inability to impact them physically was just again it was awful like I mean like that performance was one of the worst I've ever seen and like I look at the team Leinster have selected here like Kelleher Baird Deegan Connors even Jack Conan as well like physically like they're set up especially with Henshaw and Natai I think they'll feel quite confident that if they kick long to us that they can resist us on multi-phase play now defensively I think we've 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 often played into their hands with inaccuracy and guys freezing in the moment with our selection here we we should have enough pass quality on the field to, to stretch them and to start you know looking about stressing them I suppose from a, a defensive perspective they do concede tries so like we, we, we I think we can score against them we've scored against them already this season I think we can do it here but we'll need lads not to freeze and we need we need lads to keep playing and to bring the level of aggression and physicality that we saw in the last three games there's no reason why that shouldn't be brought into this game as well. Now, I understand there are injuries. I understand we had guys missing out here because of a, just a frankly ridiculous number of HIAs against Glasgow who are, again, you look at the number of HIAs that, that the Scarlets had you know, from the same game the week before, that seems to be a pattern when it comes to Glasgow. But look, it is what it is now. This is the team we're fielding. And Mike Haley, Keith Earls and Shane Daly were named today. Uh, when I saw Keith Earls' name there, it was just like... I thought that guy's season was done. Here he is. Now, I don't know what his condition is. He went off looking in a lot of distress down and against the Sharks. That was, was that three weeks ago? So you look at um, the recovery that he's had. He's, I don't think he'd be named if he wasn't good to go. But we will need a big one from him. And the good thing is that prior to that injury in the Sharks game, he was actually looking really sharp. Uh, we'll need him, especially in the set piece, to be the fucking lethal player that he was and, and has been you know for the last god only knows how many years um, he's certainly capable of it and look our midfield here Antoine Friesch and Jack Crowley these guys played a lot in the uh, European Cup together in that position Malachi Fekatoa would be here he's out with a brain injury so you know Frisch and Crowley with Ben Healy and Craig Casey at, at 9 or 10 look we, we have I don't think that's ideal for this game but these guys have quality and they have the ability that you know and Jack Crowley would have a very important role here like he has the ability to break open this game from 12 and we just have to be able to use him correctly one of the biggest bugbears I've had with Jack Crowley at 12 is that at times this season we've almost used him like 
when he's been there almost like we, we, we've tried to crash him up like he's like like he's Malachi Fekatoa and we haven't had a whole load of return from that he will have to carry and, and straighten the line of course at, at some point but I would like to see us use him a little bit cl- a little bit more cleverly here and how himself and Ben Healy dovetail with each other would be really important I look at Ben Healy his performances over the last number of weeks have been just universally good like you could argue that he deserves a start at 10 here anyway with how well he's played but I think Jack Crowley's played equally well but just in different zones and in different times of the game they'll both have their hands full here and I think with Ben Healy the confidence he's been playing with certainly since he's come back from international camp shows the benefit of guys getting call-ups and like I know it's a double-edged sword where guys can come back and their confidence is in the shitter but you look at Ben Healy how well he's been playing the the stuff he's trying now that he wasn't trying at the start of the season like that just wasn't there um that's great to see it's great to see a young player developing like that because he is still very young a lot of these guys are still very young but that will be interesting to see how we can use uh, Crowley and uh, Frisch and Healy because typically this season our number 12 has ended up being a power winger depending on some of the like the way our, our schemes play out you'll often see Malachi Fekitoa hanging out in the wing you would have seen it against Glasgow actually where he's as an he's an option out there I don't think we'll see Jack Crowley in the same position in fact I don't think we'll see Frisch there either but that gives us opportunities as well to maybe use Daly and Earls in, and, and Hodnett actually as well will be essentially a power winger here I think at times certainly in attack so that's going to be really important to be able to work our structures to a point where we can get those guys into position the breakdown will be hugely important especially in the wide channels against Leinster they're not really a massive poaching team but they're a very good uh, counter ruck and disruption team so you don't necessarily lose the ball outright although you can um, but your ruck is slow and by the time you come back they hit you hard off nine and you have to be really intricate we're going to have to you know string some passes together here anyway um, I think we have a, a few structures especially with the way we run our pinch line now towards the end where you'll see a stack running off 10 or 12 where we've got a, a multiple options that we run with the you know the front ball option the back ball option and then the back and the back option with the winger be it Keith Earls or Shane Daly offering a kind of a wide option also that's been quite good for us this season and I think that we can hurt them here but again, you look at the quality of their, like their, like their, generally how well drilled their outside backs are defensively. Um, I think we'd, we'd need to have a, a good compression to work with. And these are the forwards who are going to have to do it. Uh, Jeremy Lockman, Dermot Barron, Stephen Archer uh, starting in the front row. All three played really, really well over the last couple of weeks. Dermot Barron comes in as well. For me, he is the primary hooker now, the way he plays from an aggression perspective. Um, he wins collisions that he's maybe you know not big enough to be winning really but he's got a great approach to the game and uh, he had to recover from a, sh- a shoulder injury here so the lineup will be important to see if he can actually get a, a smooth ro- a smooth you know action going there we can't afford to have a lineup performance like we did against Glasgow we will lose this game if we do so we need to be very very solid there uh, so there's a lot of pressure on Barron in that regard Lockman has been playing quietly really really well since he's come back from injury and that sort of scrummaging prowess that we've seen him I think he matches up well with Ala Alatoa in theory but again it's very difficult to to, to time how a referee is going to referee the scrum so like I think at the, at the bare minimum we should be solid and if we can start working our structures off that so be it um, 
Stephen Archer starts this as well he's been just really solid over the last couple of um, weeks like solid doesn't even cover it he's been excellent he really has and uh, rightly starts this game the front row replacements Niall Scannell Josh Witcherly Roman Salanoa Niall Scannell for me I didn't have a great game when he came off the bench um, against um, Glasgow last week gave away a daft stupid penalty early on we need discipline from him my big abiding memory from this game last season is Harry Byrne sending Niall Scannell scattering backwards physically dominating him that cannot happen here when he's coming off the bench whenever it is he's coming on cannot happen has to dominate where he's good look he's not going to turn into Malcolm Marks overnight but he can hit a, he can hit a ruck well he can do it relentlessly he's de- he's a decent defender as well that's what we need solidity and a set piece is very very good more of that Josh Richerly really adaptive scrummager he might stack up well with Thomas Clarkson if they are in competition I think they'll go, they're going to try and keep Al Alatoa on as long as they can uh, Thomas Clarkson gives away a lot of scrum penalties I think he's actually one of the most penalised props in the URC this season so Josh Richerly generally adapts really well to whoever he's scrummaging against for the most part that should be a very very good battle and I think he may possibly have an edge Roman Salanoa brings the sort of power and impact that I think adds an awful lot to Munster from a phase play perspective you go back and watch um, the game in uh, at Christmas in um, Toma Park and Roman Salanoa added an awful lot off the bench really added a bit of pop to our game and uh, just I suppose showed the impact that he has kind of always had when he's come on this season he's been really really good for us so we'll need that again here obviously uh, in the back five we have Jean Klein and Ty Byrne in the second row Peter Omani, John Hodden and Gavin Coombs in the back row I think Munster would have had a decision this week depending on the fitness of Peter Omani. now he's named in the team here um, he again he had a it looked like an elbow injury you could see an access Munster actually that he got a fairly hefty kick in the elbow now sometimes your elbow can kind of seize up after that and it's not much good it can loosen out over the next couple of days and not be 100% but enough for you to play and I think you kind of want your captain pushing to get back into the team for a game like this one of my big bugbears with Peter Romani and I've mentioned this repeatedly is that he hasn't really shown up to have a Peter Romani-like game against Leinster in some time now he's been decent against him when he's played him this season I think he's played him once this year I think I think um, but we need a fucking top class war god performance from uh, Peter Romani here to be honest because his ability to impact a line out will be really important I think he will look to stack up against Ryan Baird that's going to be a key battleground here because I think you look at the back row they've selected uh, Leinster Max Deegan can jump in the line out but he's not massively explosive there um, Will Connors is not a line out option for the most part Jack, I know he's trying to add that to his game, but he's not a re- he's not a regular jumper. I'd say a tertiary jumper. You have Jack Conan, also a guy who they will use at the front of the lineout as well. Um, Jason Jenkins jumps in the lineout as well, but he's more of a slow jumper. Ryan Baird versus Peter Romani is a massive battle here. I think on both sides of the ball. So for Peter Romani, needs to be solid, needs to be sharp, um, and hopefully he is. I mean, he will know his body. He will know what he's you know where he's at physically, and um, this is going to be a fucking this is going to be a, a, a nasty game I feel and when it gets nasty you would like a guy like Peter Romani there Ty Byrne goes back into the second row here I think the discussion was I suppose if Peter Romani did miss out that you could put maybe Ty Byrne uh, in that number 6 jersey maybe Starfany and Witcherly bring somebody like a Dogbo or a Hearn onto the bench I think what we've gone with here 
gives us I think we'll see Gavin Coombs kind of going into that uh, half lock power forward role from the start so we're going to try to build that um, I suppose the key man for me here in this back five is John Hodnett um, because we will have the ability here as I, as I wrote on the red eye we have an ability here where we can use him to attack areas where Leinster will be weaker than normal and I'm, I'm not talking about like that they will be weaker I'm talking about relatively speaking um, there are areas where we can attack them that maybe we couldn't do This is if this was their full category 1 team um, and John Hodnett for me is a, a player who's really underrated and on, on both sides of the ball I think he's going to play a big role in this game if he can stay on for the full 80 minutes um, but yeah I, I don't see much wrong with that selection in the back five to be honest I think you look at Klain he's been an absolute rock for us this season physically he's going to be have to be put it up you know for the full well not for the full 80 I'd say if all goes to plan from an injury perspective which of course is you know always a random part of this um, I, I think we'll see him doing 60 minutes with Finney Wichley replacing him um, and I look at uh, Jack O'Donoghue coming on will be essentially I think a role twin for Peter Romani who I'm, I don't think will do the full 80 and uh, Alex Kendallin it's a 6-2 split we've got so Kendallin will more than likely replace Hodnett so you know again there's a lot of pressure there on Gavin Coombs to be that half lock power forward the entire way through um, that means a lot of line out it means a lot of carrying off nine um, and setting a platform that'll be really important against this Leinster team to win those initial collisions and give us a target for our breakdown to get at guys I think Leinster will likely keep their guys in the feet here because typically that's worked out very well for them against Munster where they don't really get overtly stressed by what we're doing from an offensive perspective I think they will recognise that we're better than what we were when we played them last but I think the question will be just how much better are we and does that really affect their plan that has worked to be fair against Munster for the last number of years without much in the way of stress they've lost a few narrow games there was you know games where they were under pressure for a certain period like earlier in the season in the Aviva but they've got the quality to pull away or pull back if needs be and you know for us I think that's the big thing is to can can we get a lead and put it out of sight so you know you can make them start to think well fuck it game's gone go to the next week because like every team is like they're I thought they're all human <laughs> which is like yeah of course you know it's about like going to the fucking panda enclosure at a zoo and go like well look they're all pandas it's like yes they are it says that on the wall but you look at the like the, the mindset from Leinster here is I think we can kind of sometimes give superhuman mental characteristics to a team who has won a lot of rugby games that is you know I think a natural thing but the same as everybody else like they can lose focus they can have bad games and it's up for Munster here to produce that bad game and to force it I think we can but a lot has to go right I think from you know a Munster perspective there is over the last number of of games that we've played against them where we've either started poorly or we've had a really poor quarter and that's just again like that's not just against Leinster that's been over the last couple of games like and when we've had bad quarters against Leinster they've killed us stone dead like you go back to that Thoman Park game we were winning at Christmas until they got a yellow card and they scored two tries in that in that period killed us stone dead we couldn't we couldn't recover from that like we have to start this game so well and again our line out defence has to be good like everything has to be good against this Leinster team like even this team which is not their full team by you know by any means 
they are still incredibly well coached they still know their roles so like the guys here like you'd ask like, like if they're so good why are they not starting in the Champions Cup like and why are so little of these guys would be in line to play against La Rochelle if there was just a free pick of everybody they've all got small little issues that take them out of being the elite level players that Leinster like to rely on there's always one thing that, that kind of takes them away from being that top guy there's a reason why they're not the top guys we have to exploit those reasons in this game and look to try to bring it into a place where we're comfortable playing I think where it's going to come down to is our ability to affect their line out to get their you know their, like their transit like their their transit of the ball from the mall feint to you know McGrath or to Harry Byrne and the schemes they run off that we need to make that as ugly as possible so we need to contest really really hard there um, I think from a physical perspective we want to get Leinster into settled phase play fairly quickly early in the games they tend to have this high pass per carry blitz where they will go all out for the first 10 or 15 minutes and look to try and get those early tries on the board that kill you stone dead we either have to avoid giving them the line out position that they're really good at taking so like they will get a line out in and around your 10 meter line they'll run a really complex scheme off it or not even that complex but they run it with such accuracy that all of a sudden you're you know in and around your 22 you concede an offside penalty what do Leinster do? Did they kick for three? No. They go down the line. They look to try to build momentum that way. We have to avoid that start at all costs. We have to be super reliable. If we win the toss, I think we kick to them. Let them kick to us. We know where they're going to put it straight out. We have to get our line out in gear. Their competition on that first line out is always going to be hard. We take it down. We start building multi-phase possession. Get our crowd into the game. And then just start building pressure on them that way. I think looking at the way La Rochelle have approached games against Leinster in the past is a decent map for how I think Munster will react here. We'll need to be able to hang on to the ball. We need to have a lot of variety. I think with, with Craig Casey there, his ability to play with, you know, to sniper on the rock, but also his pass quality in general is a big factor in Munster being able to play with that sort of wide level of variety. Uh, we'll need Ben Healy to, to drive this game for us at 10 when he's on and just, again, get Jack Crowley into a position where he can make plays. I think Ben is, with his ability as well, his kicking ability will be really important. When we kick long against this Leinster team, we want this long and bouncing into grass. Make them turn. Make Jimmy O'Brien, make Tommy O'Brien turn. Like, make them work for it. This is where the likes of Shane Daly and Keith Earls, where their fitness is going to be so important. Like you look at the 6-2 split that we have and like we can't lose Keith Earls early. Like we, if, we, if we lose him early to an injury, we're really badly out of shape straight away. But look, that's just the way that it's fallen this season with the injuries and with guys who have dropped out of the squad. We don't have depth there at the moment. So we need, like I was saying, we need them to stay on the field for the full 80 that's the that's the risk of it you know that's that like that like that's where i think the game will fall down like we need to have the ability to respond to their counter transition game with our own multi-phase game so gavin coombs need to have a big game same as john clain peter romani as well tyg burn we need these guys hitting big big numbers at the breakdown if we can retain the ball and if we can stress them Leinster will produce offside penalties they'll produce high shots they'll produce like after a while they're going to try and go in and slow down the ball we can get penalties there for not rolling away we can, we can I mean we, we can do that against this team from there it's about taking our opportunities and playing with I suppose a level of anger 
and you know the feeling of being disrespected Leinster with the selection here are saying we think this team can get us to a final and we're not all that concerned about Munster to be honest um, Munster have to change that story um, you know be it this season or some season in the future that has to change we've lost 10 games in a row to these guys they don't rate us at all they just do not rate what we're doing here we have to change their minds and we have to kind of set I think a new story here where we're not this team who loses every single time to Leinster as we have done for the last number of years I would add now is the time to change it I think I look at the last number of weeks where we've shown real grit real mental toughness real physical toughness in difficult places to go Diviva is one of the most difficult places to go against this Leinster team we have to bring that we have to bring that physicality that mentality and if we can start that game and not look like a bunch of shy schoolboys who were all shepherd onto the field like we did last year I think we can start bringing the game to them I look at that game in the Rainbow Cup where I don't count it as a game where we won we won incredibly easily in that game I look at how we approached that game with the shackles off because it was a Rainbow Cup and yeah look it was an empty stadium but it was still Leinster in the RDS and we just won we just won and I think I look at this game and go if we approach this game with a sort of a freedom away from the burdens of the past yeah we've lost 10 games in a row to them but this is this is a new game like this can be the one but we've got to bring a level of bottle that we haven't shown in previous games where individuals have, have, have lost concentration and blown the entire game for us we need 1 to 15 16 to 23 to switch on to have serious games here you don't need to play the very best game of rugby you'll ever play to beat this team we just need to play low mistake rugby and when we do decide that we're going to go and put the foot down that we're accurate we score our opportunities when we get into the 22 we score them we're not going to have any of this stuff where we're dropping off tackles where we're fucking acting soft here we show up with the right mindset in this game we'll go a long way before a ball is even kicked we will go a long way to winning it and getting to a final be it in Cape Town or in Thomond Park there is an opportunity here to throw off a few of the shackles that have been weighing us down having people laughing at this club for the last 10 years we cannot allow this opportunity to slip I understand that the, the coaches and the players have been very very frank with each other over the last number of weeks I hope that there's a level of frankness and I, I won't say I hope I know there's a level of frankness coming in this week as well where we know what we have to do we know who we have to beat and I think if we approach it with the sort of aggression bone on bone bad guy mentality I think there's no reason why we can't win this game I truly believe that I will not be covering this game too much on Twitter tomorrow I've got a communion that I'm going to be keeping my eye on on the TV when I'm out but I will be doing a TRK radio after the game I will see you on Discord and in the Secret Club as well Uh, so look thank you very much for joining me thank you very much for being a TRK subscriber I will talk to you again very very soon (laughs) 